Everybody, welcome to the ninth episode of Wooden Cubes and Iron Soldiers. Uh, I'm here with my friend Lance Meister. Um, Marco Arnaudo is not going to be with us this week. Uh, he's having some, uh, let's say, health issues with his family. He just had a uh, newborn daughter, and his eldest daughter had got uh, foot and mouth disease, and so they are in lockdown as we speak. So yeah, and I don't want to. I don't want to get sick over the internet from him. So. Oh, totally. Yeah, totally. Skype is is known for its uh, virus transmission. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, thankfully, he's got some in-laws there helping him out, and it sounds like things are okay. They just, you know, this is a stressful time. So he passes on his good wishes to everybody, and uh, so it's just going to be me and Lance today. Uh, and today, no oh. Marco impersonation, I promise. Yes, yeah, special request. <laughs> and foot and mouth disease that sucks because there's like i mean it, it it's there's nothing you can do for it i had a, I had a yeah. buddy at work his his son got it and yeah there's just you, they just have to suffer right through it and it's just yeah just a miserable little miserable for a kid too and just well if yeah. you're a parent you know it's just horrible so hopefully uh he'll listen to this and chuckle and it'll be okay hopefully so we are going to talk about Kickstarter today. Yeah. Hey, Kickstarter. <laughs> so um, first we're going to each talk about one game that we played recently. We're going to just go into a little bit of extra detail. And then um, we'll ramble on about Kickstarter and why it sucks and maybe why it doesn't suck so much as some people think seem to think. Yeah, it's, it's, kind, of a, it's kind of a hot topic. Um, seems like every other... Seems like every other week there's a, a big long thread about why I'll never Kickstarter and why I think Kickstarter is great and you know just of course everybody wants to chime in over at Board Game Geek as to uh, why they think either way. So I I thought yeah so Joel kind of suggested that you know he and I weigh in if you will. So mm-hmm. yeah, we've brought it up a couple times just in passing and I think it's something that uh, we've talked about offline as well. So. I, and I'm mildly concerned because it is it is such a polarizing. Well, I shouldn't say that. I, I should say that, as with a lot of things, um, the vast majority of people are just kind of eh. But the people that have uh, strong feelings about it, uh, you know, have very strong feelings either way. And so I, I, you know, I, I, I've a little tentative, uh, you know, I, I guess if you will. But oh well, let's let's see what happens. That's all right. Um, so first I'll, uh, I'll start with the game. Cool. Uh, so I've been playing, uh, Masters of Commerce and well, actually just played it the one time on Thursday. Uh, it's now Saturday and we played a eight player game. So if, probably most people haven't heard of this game. Uh, from what I know about it, there's a guy that owns like a, I'm probably totally wrong here, but he owns like a Trader Joe's kind of shop in Utah somewhere. And he put together a board game. He'd had this idea for a while. And then he released it at Essen, I believe, last year. 
and uh, had I think it had a little bit of buzz. I remember hearing about it, going, "God, that looks really different." And then finally, some copies have started to circulate out there. So basically, what the game is is this sort of—it's kind of like a party game, but it's got some economic stuff to it. So it's sort of a gamer party game, but you could totally play this with non-gamers very easily. And if I, not to interrupt you, I apologize, Joel. I think that was, if I remember correctly, reading about the designer, because mm-hmm. um, I have a copy of it and I haven't got it to hit the table yet, so I'm kind of interested to hear what you have to say. But um, uh, I think I think his goal was that he said that a lot of the the party games that are out there right now um, are all just you know the same. BS, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. it's just the mm-hmm. same. Like, oh, it's categories, or you know, whatever. You know, right. play a play on words game. Not that those games technically are bad. I mean, I, I, my younger brother Pete uh, just freaking loves those types of games, and I've played. And when I get together with my family, um, you know, we we play those. And um, him and his wife are just aficionados for party games. They absolutely mm-hmm. just adore them. And I'm just like, okay, you know, whatever. <laughs> So, but, um, yeah, but I guess if I remember correctly, he kind of said the same thing. It's just like, there's lots of party games out there and they're okay, but he wanted to have like a party game with, um, some meat on it. Like, like he, I think, I think the creator publisher, doesn't he like, I think he said that he like plays like more our type of games, mm-hmm. but there aren't many of our type of games, you know, designer board games, if you will, that, that handle eight people. You know, you just you right. just can't play a game that like you know, like Arkham Horror. Yeah, you can play with eight people. Do you have half a day, you know, mm-hmm. to sit down and play the game, kind of thing? So, I'm sorry to interrupt, but I think I, I think that's like, if I remember correctly, I think right. I read that. So, oh, that's good to know. I didn't I didn't uh, research that far, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> but this actually will play up to eleven people, which may get a little bit hairy. Um, but what you basically do is you have two, and they're not really teams, they're two groups. They have Half the players will be merchants and half the players will be landlords. And there'll be two winners. One of the merchants will be a winner and one of the landlords will be the winner. And so uh, you've got to, each side sort of has to cooperate with each other, but also try to win within their own group. So what happens is the landlords have these little plots of land and they're different colors like red and green, and yellow and blue. And they start off with three of those. And then the merchants will get these chips with sort of like a product on one side, like apples or jewelry or something. And they're just these little markers that you'll put on one of the landlord's plots. So if I want to rent the red plot from Bill, I'll negotiate a price with him and then put my marker on there. So what's going to happen is there's a two-minute timer at the beginning of each round. You flip over the timer, and then it's a free-for-all negotiation. And so I may be negotiating with Lance to, you know, rent his blue properties or Francesca over here, her red properties, that kind of thing. And so it's this real sort of heated, there'll be lots of yelling and, you know, banter back and forth. It's great. So you, but you got to really have gamers, your people, <laughs> um, gamers are people too, but uh, you got to have, <laughs> and people are gamers too. Anyway. Um, yes. Yes. <laughs> So you got to have people that are in the right mindset. You can't have anybody that really wants to not have a party game, you know. Uh, so you're going to negotiate and try to get a good price. And then everybody's going to have, you know, hopefully some properties that they're renting. And then you're going to roll dice for each of the different colored properties. 
and there's like a little chart that comes with the board. So for the red types of properties, you roll the red die. And that is really swinging that you kind of move this marker on this track to track the, uh, the output of the red properties. And it can go all the way from like negative 20 up to 60. And the die is really swinging. So you could swing it and it could, you could be at the, all the way at the top at the 70. And then after you roll the die, it drops all the way to the bottom. Where on the converse end, the blue properties, the lowest it will get to is like 10, I think. And the highest it will get to is 30. And when you roll that die, it's either going to stay put or move one space left or right. So the value of that one's not really going to change. You're much more stable. And so what's interesting is like early on, people were kind of going for the big swing properties because they had a higher, you know, potential. But by the end of the game, everybody was fighting over the blue properties because uh, they were more stable. So what you do is you have the negotiation. You roll the die to see what the income is going to be. All of the merchants collect the income for all the properties that they're on. So if I'm on three red properties and it pays out 60 bucks a piece, then I get 180, $180,000. And then if it's negative, then you've got to pay that money into the bank. And then after you get your income or lose your income, then you've got to pay rent to all the landlords. So if I negotiated 40 bucks um, worth of properties from Bill, let's say 20 bucks for two properties I was on of his, then I have to pay him the rent. Then after I pay everybody rent, then all the landlords have to pay $10,000 worth of taxes back to the bank. And then, then you auction off new properties for uh, the landlords. And depending on the number of players, you reveal a certain amount of properties and all the landlords auction those off. And so there's more properties now to play again the next round. And you play basically five years or five rounds. Um, I think the game is a blast. And I would say probably half, maybe more than half of the people we played with really liked it and thought it was a lot of fun. And there were some other people, um, maybe some curmudgeons that listen to this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to name any names, but he'll, he'll come uh, sock me at work <laughs> when he hears this. But uh, he didn't really care for it. I think he said he'd give it a five. And, uh, but how, do you, how do you determine who wins? Whoever's got the most money? Right. Uh, then you have a, whoever, whichever landlord has the most money wins and then whichever merchant has the most money wins. So you have two winners then. Yes, you every time. Winner and, and then is there an overall winner then, like, or is that there no, no. real way to compare? Okay. No, yeah, it's it's meant to have two winners, which is really I kind of like that. You know, it's an interesting aspect. Of, instead of you know, first thought you might think, oh, this is lame. It's a shared victory, but no, it's cool. I mean, you have the landlord that wins, and then the merchant that wins, and that's oh. it. Okay, let me ask you this question then. Okay. Um, the because there's two winners is is do you think there's any way that uh like one person as the landlord and one person as a uh, merchant could work together mm -hmm. like throughout the entire game to to make sure that they're the winners i you know i was talking about that because i was a merchant and sitting next to me was a landlord and we were kind of talking about that but i don't think so because during this negotiation phase for example uh, like I was trying to negotiate for a property that was paying out twice. So a couple of properties that are kind of rare in the deck will have a multiplier of two. So you're, you get twice the income of whatever is on the chart at the end of the round. So like I was negotiating with this uh, guy across from me. Meanwhile, next to the guy that was sitting next to me, I had negotiated out from underneath me a property that I was already on the previous round. So it's always in the landlord's best interest to get as much money as possible out of whoever. 
So I don't think that, you know, if I'm, okay, I'll, I'll go here for 30 bucks. Somebody says, well, I'll go in for 35, even though I may not make as much. The landlord's going to say, sure, I'll take the extra five bucks. Okay, just to kind of push you. me out. So I, it's probably feasible, but I mean, it's such a fun, light game that, you know, that would really, I would just probably kick that person out of the game if they came up with a way to do it. Now, I don't know. <laughs> I mean, I, it's hard to say, but, uh, there are a couple issues with the rules, which is unfortunate. Like, it doesn't really tell you exactly how to auction off the, the property tiles. Um, it's just not really very clear, so we kind of just house-ruled it on the spot. And then the other thing that's in the game is if you go to pay rent, you can actually choose not to pay rent. And then you get basically a lien marker put on you so that the landlord that you didn't pay rent to uh, he can take your income on future rounds of basically whatever the highest income was. If you get a second lien marker on you, then you're out of the game and eliminated. But we didn't really see any danger of that happening. Everybody was pretty shrewd with their money. Yeah. But the problem is, is in the very, very last round, if you don't have any liens on you, then you could just take a lien and not pay whatever your highest rent was and basically screw over the landlord and all the merchants could do that. So we just house ruled that in the last round you can't um, you can't purposefully not pay your rent. So I'm not sure. I, I put a question on Board Game Geek and nobody responded. So that's kind of a well, yeah yeah. <laughs> well, I was gonna ask you if they like had there was a fact or something for the game that you, you could, maybe they clear that up, but. Uh, no, doesn't I mean, sound like there is. Yeah, other than the auction not being clear exactly how to do it, I mean, you could just auction off however you wanted to. It's not a big deal. Um, other than, than that, and then the lean thing, it's the game's fun. I mean, it's a blast. People are hooping and hollering and all that good stuff. Cool. No, it's on, it ain't. Like I said, I, I, I have a copy, and um, it's one of those things where. Um, I think it, I think it first uh, popped onto my radar. Um, I uh, you know, who else but like Ender uh, did a review of it, and mm-hmm. he called it uh, uh, Pit on steroids. And right. uh, and uh, I, I've played Pit quite a bit with my friends. It's more of a we've drank several beers and let's just scream at each other mm-hmm. for a half hour playing Pit and and. Um, you know, so I mean, and I we've enjoyed that, and so when I heard that, I you know, I I picked up a copy, and so, but it's just one of those things where, it, it, the game, I think the game says it's like for minimum of five people, and it says don't play with that, and so, mm-hmm. I haven't had a situation where I've had eight people to play in the game, so right, but you know, I'll just I'll have to get people together and 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 give that one a shot, so. Cool, man. Well, the game I was going to talk about, and um, I'm in the process of doing a video review of it, uh, and I think this is one of those games that um, uh, it's going to, I think a lot of people are going to say it's it's awful, and uh, it's gonna, there's going to be few and far between people that are going to say they like it, and um, I actually uh, have played it now several times with my group, and we've really enjoyed it. So I think it's going to be kind of one of those polarizing games, if you will. Um, it's uh, Lord of the Rings Nazgul. Uh, WizKids uh, uh, release just 
fairly recently. I remember when I first heard of the game, I was like, "Oh, that sounds really awesome!" You know, you get to play the role of of one of the Nazgul, and you're trying to find the hobbitses and uh, and and stop them before they can uh, throw um, the ring in into Mount Doom. And um, I think I, I I try as 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 a reviewer, I try not to read uh, other reviews or watch other reviews of games because I don't want to go in uh, one, I don't want to have somebody else's viewpoint uh, have an effect upon how I think and so, Mm -hmm. you know, I I know um, uh, I know one of the people like, uh, one of the people people poo-poo on on Reiner Kinesia because he says that he doesn't play anybody else's games, he only he only plays his own uh, he's been quoted as saying that whether or not that's true or not. And, you know, that's like the one thing about uh, that I've, I've really read about him that I actually kind of uh, appreciate because, you know, he doesn't want somebody else's um, vision or whatever, you know, clouding what he thinks is, is good. I mean, whether or not you you think that's helpful or not. But I, mean, I, I have to admire the guy for, for like, you know, putting it out there you know just like yeah i mean i don't take it as an arrogance thing but anyway so kind of like length just because i don't i watch other people's reviews of games but i try to or read them but i try to do that after i've done my own review because um i just don't want that little bug in my ear you know oh, that other guy said that he didn't like that do i not like that too so sure. but um unfortunately i i have heard some feedback um uh, when I was I was trying to get uh, uh, rules clarification, so I went to the uh, the boards at, at BGG and I and I happened to, and there was a, uh, a a very scathing uh, review that somebody uh, made for it, um, and they kind of went on and on uh, about several things in the game. And I and I was reading this and I was really like, you know, I I could totally understand why the the things that they, they mentioned, I could totally get why they were upset. Um, you know, there's just like, yes, it's a thematic game, but like the theme just doesn't work. You know, like the Nazgul are completely under the control of Sauron. And, and the whole idea of, of Nazgul is that, uh, uh, it's a semi cooperative game, meaning that, um, everybody can lose, uh, because you, the hobbits throw the ring and into Mount doom and, and, and Sauron is defeated. So you all lose. Nobody, nobody wins that situation, but, um, only one of you can actually win. Uh, so yes, technically you, you slay the hobbits, you grab the ring, you give it to Sauron, but whoever did the best job, uh, for Sauron wins the game now. And so there's all these little treachery and backstepping tactics that you mm-hmm. can use while you play the game. Well, okay. Thematically, uh, the Nazgul didn't do that. You know, they, they, they were complete. They were the, the Kings of men that were given the rings of power and, uh, they were completely and totally corrupted. And, uh, by, by, by Sauron. And so they were just bent to his will. They wouldn't be backstabbing each other. So, you know that's a strike. A lot of people, a lot of people don't like the fact that uh, it's the movie version of 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 the, the of the theme. It isn't it isn't the books. You know because if you've read the books, and I know most of the people uh, that you know uh, the geeks out there have have, have read the novels. Um, I I I'll be honest, I haven't read them in about I'm guessing seven or eight years. I mean I've read them, and um, and so. 
like the cards and everything in the game, they're the pictures of the people from the movies. And so, um, mm. you know, like uh, just Gimli and Legolas in the in the movies were like huge. I mean, Gimli was the, the, the comic relief and Legolas was the guy, you know, skateboarding on shields <laughs> and, and down and down elephant trunks. And, you know, and just, you know, so it's just so they were much more. um uh, much more in your face, you know, part of the, part of the the the, the storyline in comparison to uh, the the books, where they're in the books, but they're kind of just there to like show that dwarves and elves can work together, you know, I mean, because they they start off really really disliking each other, and then and then after they they go through a battle together, they they become fast friends, and it's it's and they they aren't as prominent, I guess, and mm-hmm. so like that's another thing. A lot of people, you know, think of the old uh, you know, the, the actual Tolkien books as being the pure Lord of the Rings and the movies while, while entertaining and, and very cool to see, um, they, they don't have, uh, a, 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 the purists, if you will, or this, the, 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 the geek snobs, mm-hmm. uh, of the world. So that's another strike against it. Um, and this one, I, 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 don't, I usually don't bag on components a little bit, you know, but, um, you know, there's some complaints about the components. I think the cardstock is pretty light, um, you know, and, and it's just it's one of those things where, you know, I'm sure it was a, a, a there's a bunch of cards. And I'm sure they're cutting corners on the on the on it. Um, the actual like hero clicks Nazgul, I mean, they look cool as hell, but they're all they're all that look the same. It's just like this one. It's a guy holding a sword in his left hand, and it's pointing straight forward. And this one is a guy holding a sword in his left hand, but it's pointed up. Mm-hmm. And so, if if you've played Hero Clicks, have you played Hero Clicks games, Joel? Mage Knight. <laughs> Mage Knight. Well, okay, that's fair. But you know, the numbers on that little thing where you're clicking it are very tiny. You know, yeah. and so it's you know it it's tough to tell you know at a glance what they are you have to pick up the figure and look at it you know to see what your scores are and and uh, you know and I, in this game it's like um because of the fact that you're kind of putting your figures on the board saying where you're going and stuff like that a lot of times the nazgul will group on like a big battle say like helm's deep and they, you know, so there'll be two or three, and then so it gets done, and then you reach for your Nazgul, and you're like, well, which one's mine? And you're and you're trying to figure out which one, you know. So I mean, it's it's you know, there are some issues as far as the components go. Nothing nothing game breaking in any way. Um, another thing that like kind of stunk was uh, that you know they have these part of the the game of of Nazgul is that um you have to do this blind bid with your with your uh, your favor um that that you've earned from Sauron for doing you know for killing you know armies off of the free people and and uh, slaying heroes and things like that and um and you you place these 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 favor cubes uh so as I said flavor uh favor cubes on this 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 bidding chart where you you bid for like um you know going first you know just or or you bid for like you know gaining levels your Nazgul gaining levels or buying armies and things like that and they give you and so you're since it's semi co-op you're kind of and you're bidding against the other people playing you have to hide that behind this screen that they give you and the the screen isn't big enough to actually hide the 
the actual like like thing that you got. So you're like you put the screen in front of you, and then you also kind of have to hunch over it mm-hmm. and like and place cubes on. So it's like stuff like that where it's just like. You know, I'm not. I'm not. WizKids makes beautiful looking games. They do, but um, I know, like Mage Knight. I mean, did you sleeve your cards in Mage Knight? Uh, well, it wasn't my copy. I borrowed my friends to do that review. Oh, okay. But what we did in Mage Knight, or what he did, was he sleeved all the cards that will go into your deck, and then all of the cards that uh, uh, don't go into your deck. Like, um, I'm having a brain fart here. But whatever those cards were, <laughs> I forget. Um, he didn't sleep just so like the, uh, uh, like the units and the, mm-hmm. the day and night cards and things like that. Yeah. He just kept those separate, but yeah. Well, I mean, and, and the card stock for the, I mean, it's just, I mean, I think, I think in a way, and I'm, I'm getting off. I want to actually talk about Nazgul and why I think it's a pretty good game, but, um, the, I think there are games out there that have, you know, maybe 30 cards total. In the whole in the whole game or whatever, and um, or a game that all it is is cards, say like Omen, and so in a game that you don't have a lot of cards, um, you can get nice cards, you know, because of the fact that you know the, the expenditure I mean, theoretically, I, I don't make games, so I'm just guessing, but like you know, you can get those nice thicker cards with the nice linen finish on them, and 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 so they, you know, they they, they feel good in your hands. And then, you know, in a game like Omen, where it's just your, hey, here's your 300 cards, well, that's, that's all it is. So you got to make sure that they're nice. Mm-hmm. You, can't, you can't have a game that's card-based and, and give them, you know, crappy cards. Mm-hmm. But here you have a game like, uh, you know, Mage Knight or Lord of the Rings that has tons and tons and tons and tons of cards, plus a bunch of other components, plus, you know, all kinds of stuff. And so... If you actually gave you know really really nice cards, you're you're pushing the price point up. Now a lot of people argue, well I'd pay it, you know. Well then, great, you know you'd pay it, but you know you're one out of how many people you know that that, right. that would. So I'm not trying to be an apologist for what WizKids has chosen to do, but you know the cardstock, you know is 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 a little crummy. I mean, it's very thin. I mean, I don't sleeve many games, but I, I, I'll, I'll sleeve Nazgul and I'll sleeve Mage Knight just because of the fact that, you know, I just, I, I always feel like I'm going to rip the cards, you know, yeah. and with, my, with my big giant fat hands, you know, so, but, um, no, I, I think the, the, in this, this Nazgul is, is a, is a very, very good game. In my opinion, it tells a story. It does everything a thematic game should. It, it tells a story. Um, you, you, you have, you're sitting at your table. I hope, and if you can play it with five, I mean, three stinks. Four is, is great. Five is excellent. It, it was with a lot of three to five player games. Um, you know, if you can play with five, it's like everybody's telling a good story. Everybody is, um, you know, like you know, you're acting out the, the the what's going on. You're cursing your luck. You're you know you're 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 reveling in your your successes. And and you know, mechanically, I don't think the game has any glaring errors. I know a lot of people um, have a problem with the combat system which is all about uh throwing different the different cubes of representing the armies uh that are involved in in a combat and then you shake up the 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 cup and then you draw uh cubes out at random and then depending on what you drew that those are the units that are going to be doing damage both good and bad but i actually really like that because 
there is a situation where the Nazgul, you you'll have armies. Each person will have armies. And there are three unit types. There are orcs, which are basically your just your fodder. And there are trolls, which can only be used in battles where there are walls present. So like Helm's Deep cities, things like that. And I'm gonna butcher the pronunciation, but the 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 the, the mamakul, the, the 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 wild men that ride the the elephants mm-hmm. that you saw in the movies. And they're the ones that can only be used in. Uh, they can't be used in like a, a place with walls. They they like the big open fields and things like that. Mm-hmm. Now, uh, the Mamakul and the the trolls um, are more effective in combat. They do more damage. Orcs do very little damage. And but like I said, they're, they're your fodder. And one of the worst things that can happen to you is as a Nazgul is to take actual damage in a combat because one you can be killed off, which stinks, and you get to come back because you know you're you're undying. But um, you, you, you have a level one through ten, and every time you take damage, you lose a level basically. And and levels, losing levels is just it, it kills you because the game doesn't last that long. You have a very very finite amount of time to finish off the game, and um, so you have to have a certain number of of units there if you think you're going to take damage. Uh, so you can you you can prevent taking damage yourself. So you have to throw x number of orcs in. But the more cubes you throw into the cup, the more like when you when it comes time to draw the cubes out, then you're you run the risk of drawing, you know, orcs or or or, or trolls or or monocle that that don't do as much damage as say you the Nazgul. If you draw your cube, you always, you always have to throw your cube in, but you and you do tons of damage. You want to draw yours every single time you possibly can. So there's this this really cool like you know trying to figure out risk reward type situation. And and mm-hmm. and as the game progresses, the 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 game is all you have to. There's three tracks. Uh, on the board um, for basically the three different stories uh, and you have to defeat each one of those and you can't and there's like there's there's a progression that you have to go through and then the, you know there's Rohan and um, I want to say God, I can't remember what what the second track is called and then Mountain Doom is is the last one and you have to defeat all the tracks you, you can't you, you can't skip them you can't do anything like that and so and then in Mount Doom, uh, obviously, you know, have, theoretically, I think you might be able to not do that one last, but I think you do have to do it last. And and Mount Doom has its own special set of rules that I'm not going to go into, but uh, Mount Doom is where you actually finally you're, you 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 catch the hobbitses and and if you if you're inched and, and kill them and, and grab the ring. And like I said, there's only a, there's a limited amount of time because there's a, there's a time track, and then as as each turn goes, you you start moving further and further along this time track, and you're running out of time. And the game is tough. I mean, it, it is. We played it on the easiest level, and we lost horribly the first time we played it. And then so and then and all and then, so then we then we said then we finally beat it. And we're like, let's play at a moderate level, and we got our butts handed to us and then we played it on moderate level three times and, and it's just like and we almost won uh one time and it was just like but the thing is is that there's no real you have to always be paying attention to what's going on because um one of the things about the combat is that uh 
say you go into a city and you're going to be doing a combat and there's there's a certain number of armies that that there's like say four human armies there, but there'll be two heroes. At the start of each turn, um, each Nazgul is 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 dealt a hero. If you're lucky, you get a villain hero, say like Wormtongue, that you'll be able to like use for some some nefarious purpose, and you'll have that as your hero. But predominantly what what you're getting is you're getting uh, a hero from from the books and this could be somebody just like just rohan warrior which you know isn't much of a hero you know he's he's kind of or it could be like you know aragorn or it could be mm. uh, gandalf and things like that and as an interesting aside you actually have to kill gandalf twice because the first time you kill him he's gandalf the gray and then you then you take that card out and you put gandalf the white into the hero deck that's cool but yeah so um the first time you kill him you don't get anything for him you know and and killing heroes is like the biggest way you can get victory points because each nazgul will have a secret um mission you know that that nobody else can see, and it'll be like usually it's usually certain heroes, certain types of heroes, and you get bonus points at the end of the game. But so you're dealt these heroes, and so you're looking at them, and you're like, okay, well I have you know I have Legolas, and he has all these special powers. If you know if if he's the hero there, and you draw a hero cube, what it does, and so everybody's like, well, can we kill Legolas? Because you can pick the heroes. You can offer up as the as the Nazgul. You can offer up. Okay, I'm going to put that hero in that combat, hmm. and you can and, and everybody. And so you discuss: Can we kill this guy? You know, do you think if we get lucky enough, we're going to be able to take him out? And everybody's like, Well, okay, because more than one Nazgul can be in the spot. And um, and so then you you pick if you nobody says if nobody has anything, say like, um, say say you have somebody has Eowyn. And somebody wants to use the Witch King on the spot. Eowyn has the, the, the cool ability. If you know who Eowyn is, Eowyn is the woman who kills the Witch King. Mm-hmm. And so if you have the Witch King in the battle and you have Eowyn, you can't put him there because she automatically kills the Witch King. You know, just like, oh, well, dang, you know, so so like things like that, you know, so it's like you have to try to decide. And if you don't, then you have to draw a random hero from the deck. And you could be like, wow, these all these guys are all you know, super tough. We can't even draw one. And oh, good, it's Aragorn. We're screwed. <laughs> you know, so it's stuff like that. You know, and it's just like, and there's no, there's there there isn't a barometer. There isn't a way to like, you know, like okay, take the really tough ones out for the first half of the game. No, I mean you could just have really bad draws, and so you have to kind of, you know, so the game can just stomp, you know, put put its boot on your neck right away at the beginning now i know a lot of people are gonna say well that sucks i don't want to play a game like that you know that's 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 crap but i mean a game like this it's 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 fun when you're losing you know right. because just right. like it, and i and i say that about a lot of co-op games but the biggest problem anybody's gonna have besides anything i've said and i hopefully i've, I've drummed up some interest because i mean like i said i've really had a blast playing the game the biggest problem with the game is that it's the semi-co-op part of it because you have to make sure that everybody sitting down at the table has the mentality of, okay, we all need to work to win the game. I mean, ultimately, we, we have to win the game. You can't go into it saying, well, I need to make sure I get more victory points for everybody else so I win the game at the end. Because at the end of the game, even if you kill the hobbits and you and you, and you, and you reclaim the ring, it's whoever got the most victory points during the game um, be, gets proclaimed the new lord of the Nazgul. They take the Witch King's spot. And then they're the technically the only person that actually wins the game. But 
all of you can lose, obviously, if, if the ring is cast into Mount Doom. Right. So if you have somebody that goes into the game with the mentality, well, I'm not doing really well, so if I can't win, you know what? Nobody's going to freaking win. I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna play suboptimally, and I'm just gonna do stupid things, and I just don't care. Well, then, you know, it's like you shouldn't ever, ever sat down to play the game in the, in the first place. You know, and the thing is, is that I think, I think the game itself kind of shot itself in the foot a little bit by stressing uh, the semi-co-op nature, because there's lots of games out there that are co-op that have a who's the ultimate winner type part right. to it. And cause Arkham Horror has rules for that. Arkham Horror has has rules that state, you know, if if you know after the end of the game, who closed the most gates gets this many points. Who who killed the most monsters gets this many points. Stuff like that. And you can figure out who the hero of Arkham was. And so then they're like the ultimate winner of the game. But the thing is, is that I don't. I'm, I'm saying that out loud, and I realize though that doesn't really work because of the fact that because this game has these these treachery backstabbing antics going on in the game because um, the, the 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 bidding system, you know, the secret bidding, you know, because you're you're trying to make sure you do really well. I mean, nobody goes into it saying, "Oh, I'll only bid this, I'll only bid that." You kind of negotiate, but you also you're trying to like make sure that um, you know you 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 get better faster than than your opponents obviously and also in combat like one of the things is like if if there's multiple nazgul at a spot because it's a big combat and you want to fight it um when you are drawing because each person who's there gets to draw dice out of the cup when you're drawing and you and damage happens uh you get to assign it to whoever you want you can assign it to yourself if you want but you can just say yeah, I think Joel's gonna take it on the chin on this one, uh, you know. And you can you can just you know like, oh, I see Aragorn's gonna do eight points of damage. Yeah, not me, pal. Yeah, you get it. So I mean, there's stuff like that, you know, where it's just like, um, you know, it it it. I I just I think it's gonna be one of those things where, and I hate saying if you get it, like as far as you know, like, and I because I don't think that's fair to say because, um, you know, I I, I hate. I hate saying, oh, if you get the game, you'll enjoy it, you know, because that means right. like, oh, obviously you just don't understand it. You know, that's okay though. You go play, you know, I don't like saying that, but if you can kind of let yourself not get caught up in, in some of the, um, like the, uh, like the, the unthematic parts of the game and also just mm-hmm. allow yourself to, you know, try to win instead of instead of trying to screw your friends over. I think I think it's it, it's it's a blast. I mean, I it's one of the most fun games I've played all year, and and that's you know maybe this will just be my urban sprawl of of <laughs> of 2012. You know, where I, I I just enjoy the heck out of something, and and the, just the other people in the world just don't enjoy it as much as me, and that's 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 cool. I mean, I don't I can I can buy that, but. I don't know. I think I think the game rules, and uh, hopefully I'll have that video review up here. Uh, you know, in the next few days, it's pretty much all done. I just need to add to splice it together and and get it get it posted. So it's that dang Diablo three. I finally started playing that. Oh, no. it's, been, it's been eating up all my 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 free time. So I just I finally got I, I it, total a total aside I I had I had a computer I put together five years ago and it's been my computer I've been using forever and um 
and you know, I, I I've been talking to you and talking to Marco and, and you guys explaining how how relatively fast compared to my computer uh, it takes for you guys to render your videos. Right. Um, yeah, I mean, for me, a half hour HD video. Um, well, one, it it taxes the hell out of my system. I can't run anything else every because it just it's eating up all the RAM uh-huh. as I'm as I'm doing it, and um, it takes about five and a half hours for it to render. So it's just ridiculous. So uh, I'm excited to you know install my Sony Vegas on on the the new system and, and give it a shot here. Nice. And see what happens. Let's and, just talk and, about uh, Diablo three for the rest of the show. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, no. I know I, I we I could, but you know, it's just, um, yeah, it's well. I mean, I waited twelve years for it to come out, and <laughs> and I finally did. So my wife bought it for me for Father's Day. So awesome. uh, I, I thought that was a pretty cool Father's Day gift. So and if um yeah so uh yeah if anybody wants to team up sometime on on Diablo three, uh, I think. I think it's just uh I think I'm just undead Viking on there, actually. Oh I'll have to add you. Yeah, cool. Alright, well anyway. <laughs> but so yeah, there you go. Lord of the Rings Nazgul. I think it's gonna be I think I think there's gonna be a, a core group of fans that are just gonna totally dig the game and really enjoy it. And I think I think unfortunately there's gonna be a lot of there's gonna be a fair amount of meh and I think there's gonna be a lot of people that just wanna bag on it and and mm. and and tear it down, which, you know, hey, uh, you know, uh, another thing I always hate to say in reviews, oh, if it, you know, it's like, this will be a really good game for the right kind of person. Well, you can say that about any game, but, right. you know, but, um, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm really digging the game and, and I'm hoping people, you know, can, uh, uh will enjoy it as well. So, oh, well, you anyway. got, you got me intrigued. I wasn't really looking forward to it because I don't know. It just didn't seem to intrigue me in any way, but, uh, Maybe we'll get a chance to play it together or something or something. Well, well, yeah, man. I just got my press pass for Gen Con, so yeah, what, I was pretty what excited. What fool gave you that? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I, you know, apparently they 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 decided it must have been just throwing some breadcrumbs to the beggars or something. I don't know, but yeah. So um, and it's looking more and more like I'm probably gonna have to drive though. I just I, there's just I've, I've worked it out and it's just it's only like a 14 hour drive, which you know only, but um. You know, and and uh, I'll save myself about, I'm guessing, 200 bucks. You know, on as far as the the pl- plane uh, ticket oh, versus yeah. versus driving. So, man, plane tickets just will not come down on oh. that. So, but uh, yeah, I, I get to room with you, buddy. Sweet, it's gonna be awesome. Yeah, so just uh, <clears throat> I'll sleep in the bathroom. <laughs> you don't have to sleep in the bathroom. <laughs> I'm a little scared. I'm a little scared, Joel. <laughs> but anyway, Kickstarter. How's it? What do you What do you think of Kickstarter, Joel? <laughs> Not much well, of a segue. Sorry. <laughs> From land sleeping in the tub to Kickstarter. <laughs> yes. Hey, I had a buddy. I had a buddy who, um, like, in, in back in high school, and he's probably gonna listen to this, and he's gonna laugh when he hears this. But um. He would always go and sleep in the tub. He was, mm-hmm. I think, he was, he was deathly afraid. I'd always choose him as a roommate. Like when we go to like, yeah, okay, nerd time, speech and debate tournaments. Right. Um, you know, I we I'd always pick him as as my roomie because he would he would uh, he would give up the bed. He would he would he would he, he his one thing is he'd he'd grab the comforter like the most comfortable one and he and he grab a pillow, and he'd go and he'd go and sleep in the tub. 
like, because he was just deathly afraid of sleeping with other people. I don't know what it was. I don't know. I was just, it's like, but whatever. Yeah, you know, that was his thing. But I didn't care because I just I went down and I'd ask the front desk for another comforter because I said I was cold, and, and then I just. Uh, I just curl up in uh, the big giant bed all by myself. Everybody else complained about people kicking them all night long. So. Well, I didn't get a king size single. Like, <laughs> there's a couple of beds in there, so we don't have to worry about that. Oh, okay. Well, I, I got an air mattress too, but uh, not not that not that our viewing public needs to hear about our <laughs> rooming great. plan. So, yeah, if everyone wants to come over, you know, and hang out. But anyway, yeah. So, all right, cool. Well, Kickstarter. How many games you kickstarted, buddy? I was just pulling that up. I have kickstarted, well, board games, I'm not sure. I've kickstarted 18 projects. Uh, some of those are uh, video games and other things. But, um, so like, some of the stuff I kickstarted last year, Eminent Domain, I did that. Uh, Going Cardboard, which is a board game documentary. Uh, Kingdom of Solomon, Eaten by Zombies. Those are all the ones I've received, those four. Mm-hmm. Um, and then... like I'm sorry. I, I'm sorry that you got eaten by zombies. No, it's I like that game. That is not a good game. No, I did trade it, but uh, it's fun. It's thematic. We've talked about this before. I think on episode two or something. Yeah. yeah. But uh, it's not too bad. Um, but I don't play it for strategy reasons. <laughs> it's thematically fun, I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I've kickstarted a few things this year. You know, like ground floor and. Uh, Road to Enlightenment, Tammany Hall, and uh, stuff like that. I'm a little annoyed that I didn't, I did, I didn't pull the trigger on Road to Enlightenment. I'll, I'll tell you that honestly right now. The more I've been reading about the game, the more it looks cool. It looks fascinating. Yeah, <laughs> just... I'm gonna have to start begging that guy for a for a, a review copy. <laughs> yeah, so I mean, my experience with Kickstarter has been pleasant. You know, I mean. Uh, <sighs> You know, like Eminent Domain, for example, they got all their copies and they sold them at Gen Con before the Kickstarter guys got them. But, you know, and I I understand why they did it, you know, and people might think I'm sniffing the publisher's butt or something like that. But look, the guy's trying to make money and he's trying to he's going to get all these copies. He's going to Gen Con. He doesn't want to make the show a total waste. They, these guys yeah. often lose their shorts going to conventions. And give them a break just because, oh, you know, I, it, it's, it's much easier to be antagonistic on the Internet when you type. But saying it verbally, it's like, don't whine so much about, you know, you don't have your game the first week of August. You get it the set the last week of August. Yeah. And, and I agree on principle. Yes, you kickstart it. You should get it as soon as possible. But there's a, there's a fine line. And I go by a case-by-case basis. Like, you know, I know you kickstarted with the Glory to Rome thing. And you still don't have it. <laughs> you know. so. Well, I mean, just going back to eminent domain, I mean, that was kind of a kick in the teeth. I mean, to people that were like, I mean, I understand well, if, any, if anything, you should never, never use the words I promise in the world of, of board game publishing, because yeah. the moment that you say I promise, you know, that you, you're kind of, you're kind of hammered in, into a, into a certain corner and and you have to have so many things line up correctly you know for for that promise to come to fruition and like you said i i i understood why uh they 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 sold the copies i guess and 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 i'm gonna say this one i understand why they weren't able to give 
people that had done gone through the Kickstarter and had gone to Gen Con, why they weren't able to give those copies to them. Like, hey, I kickstarted the game. Just give me my copy right now. Right. And, you know, so I, I was understand. I was one of those people, you know, and but I, I totally get it because, I mean, why go all that way? Have this copy that you could generate cash from. And, well, I don't, I don't even know. think it was that. I think they would have been more than happy to do it, but I just don't think logistically, you know, they had the way, the ability yeah. to like figure out, okay, wait a minute now, you know, cause I think game salute was sending out the games for him. So it's like, okay, now, all right, game salute, don't make sure you don't send this copy out and this copy out and this guy picked it up. And then, you know, what are you going to do? Write it down on a, you know, a spreadsheet. And then you, you write down the wrong person's name and then they don't get their copy. I mean, it's just what a nightmare. I mean, it was just, I mean, I totally, like you said, I totally understand why they didn't. It doesn't mean it didn't grate on me a little bit, but I mean, sure. Well, you know what are you gonna do? You know, and it's just like, um, and it was a good game. And did and didn't they? What did they give? Um, well, they gave us they gave out that little card, which was mm. kind of silly, but whatever. Yeah. And then um, so who's ever gonna get whatever like ten research and <laughs> yeah, get the card exactly. <laughs> but no, they gave out that little card, and didn't they? Did they do something else? Uh, I don't think so. Um. In some way to do restitution in some way or whatever, I don't know. But I think that was it. the thing about uh, the thing about Tasty Minstrel though is that um, you know they're they're good guys and and they're just uh, and I think that they're uh, you know five years from now I think as long as they you know keep going down the same path that they're going down right now um, I think that uh, they're going to be really successful. Mm. I mean you know it's just like. You think of like things like Z-Man games, where you know now, of course, he sold it off. But um, you know, I mean, that that was one dude who just had a vision, and mm-hmm. you know, he became a super big and powerful. Or, you know, as far as you know, I should say, powerful. But you know, in the in the realm of of designer board games, I mean, he was he was a you know he was in in, in internet speak, kind of a big deal. You know. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, and, and that's cool. And I, you know, I could, I could see, you know, Tasty Mitchell games, you know, doing that as well, you know, just kind of, cause that's they're cool. definitely, they're not staying put, stand put. I mean, they're just, they're going out and they're grabbing other designers and they're, and they're just either importing other games and, 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 right. you know, aren't, aren't they the ones that are going to do the, the village? They're yeah. going to do, do village. Yeah. I mean, they do village. They did Magnum Saul. They brought a few of those over. Not very many, but. Yeah, and then uh, Alba Longa or whatever. Yeah, yeah, they brought some of those over. Which which is a pretty pretty cool game, solid game. Huh. Not not awesome, but yeah. solid. But it's like you know, Kickstarter has provided them to to be able to recover from you know the Homesteaders and the Terra Terra Prime mess because they got you know jacked on the production for that. Oh my goodness, didn't yeah. they? Yeah, and so they were able to recover, get back up to. You know, I, I don't know what their financial statement is, but they're able to get flush. Seems like with cash to be able to, you know, do more and more projects. You know and, what the worst part about that is? Is that um, Terra Prime just got hammered mm-hmm. because Terra Prime was it was it was a pretty good game, mm-hmm. and um, but the the components were just 
Yeah, just not even close. <laughs> I mean, oh my god! I mean, those those pink cubes that were in there, those like basically sickly pink cubes that were supposed to kind of look like they were supposed to be like the faux glass cubes, and they gave them those instead. And hmm. I mean, it's like you know, literally having to cut out your counters because if you tried to punch them, you just rip the cardboard right off the top of each one. And right. Um, I, I mean, I just, you know, it was one of those things where it was just like, that sucks, you know, just, and, and like I said, it was a pretty good game too. I mean, I, I mean, but you know, with the components issues, I mean, you, you'd have to be an amazing game for people to like look past it. You know? Right. I, I hope it gets a second printing like Homesteaders does. Yeah, that would be cool. And Homesteaders is just a great game. That's mm. just that's just a that's that's one of the like it's a solid eight and a half you know creeping into nine territory depending on what mood I'm in as far as like a, a bidding game goes. Mm-hmm. I, I do like a bidding game, but anyway, I'm, I'm talking too much about games. I should be talking about Kickstarter. Um, go ahead, <laughs> flush um, with cash. Yes. Blah, blah, blah. yes, sir. Um, yeah, you know they were able to get off the ground, and then another example would be indie boards and cards. They're mm-hmm. able to take these small little two-player card games that you know, really don't have a niche as far as another publisher. I can't, you know, like Haggis and Triumvirate and those kind of games, like who would publish that? You know, those are just basically simple sort of trick-taking ladder games. You know, there's not like a specific publisher that does that kind of game, but they're able to take it, you know, do a little bit of marketing. And I haven't played Triumvirate, but Haggis is, it's probably my favorite ladder game now. Mm. Um, no, they didn't. Uh, did they kickstart those? I don't no, I, th- I think they did, but they kickstarted Flashpoint, which Flashpoint, is right. is a really um, you know, guy. I needed to review that now that I thought about it. Um, it's it's a it's that that's just um that that's one of those like it's a co-op that uh I and I yeah I I'm very you know there I I can count on like I I can count on one hand. And maybe and only three of those fingers in the hand co-ops that I actually really like, like a straight co-op, like mm-hmm. you against the game kind of thing. Right. And the only like three that I can think of that I actually really enjoy playing are Arkham Horror, obviously, to Flashpoint and Yggdrasil. Or like and like you know like game because I my my biggest problem with co-ops is always that like I hate the idea that like um, from the get-go the game has already decided whether I'm going to win or lose. You know, I, and that's why I don't like pandemic and things like that. Mm. But it adds enough randomness and it adds enough story to it for me to think that, oh, okay, I'm I'm enjoying the ride anyway. And mm. I, I I think Flashpoint's a really good game. I mean, it's just and it, it's woefully uh, I think um, missed. I right. Guess. I, 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 don't, I don't think people really realize that it's even out there, kind of thing. Well, I haven't played it, but just like you know. Take that as an example of a game that who else can you can you think of a publisher who would publish a co-op game about firemen? <laughs> I mean nobody like Rio Grande. I can't really see them doing it. Fancy Flight, no, you know. No, I can see I can see somebody approaching them with the idea, and they said this is a good idea. Mm-hmm. Retheme it into men pe- people trying to uh, fix a space station or right. something, you know, and like you know change right. it into something else, you know. Right, right, and, right. You know, and and then that that's what they 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 try to retheme the game to something else that was more, you know, marketable. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that's an example of, you know, this is a game that without Kickstarter probably wouldn't exist, you know, 
And, you know, I'll take your word for it. It's a good game. I think everybody I've talked to has said it's a good game. But uh, the argument but, there is, though, is that maybe it, it you know, and I'm not saying that I'm not, I'm doing devil's advocate here. Mm-hmm. Maybe it, maybe it shouldn't exist because I think that's the people and we're kind of getting into what I wanted to talk about and other things. I mean, it's like there's a lot of I, outright dislike mm-hmm. rolling into hatred uh, for Kickstarter. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and, you know, Kickstarter is one of those things that like, you know, it kind of came into its own this year, in my right, opinion. Right. I mean, look at that geek list on, on, uh, on board game geek where, you know, there's like the two or three people that are constantly updating it. That's with massive. Yeah. You know, just, just hundreds, you know, of, of these, these board games out there. Cause people looked at, have looked at the success of, of these board games that like, you know, like Tammany hall recently, they, they finished up at what? $135,000. That's amazing. And, you know, and it's just like for a game that like nobody even knew about, you know, right. uh, you know, you know, it's just like, it, you know, I mean, I remember I was trying to find a copy forever, you know, and I, you know, obviously, and, and you know, now I've backed it and I, I, I have a copy coming to me, but, um, you know, and all of a sudden just, you know, it's like now it's like over a hundred thousand dollars for, for a reprint of a game that came out in 2006 or whatever, and like had only 500 copies in existence, <laughs> you know, <laughs> and, but now, you know, they're going to reproduce it and Pandasaurus games is, you know, it's a, it's, and so people have seen that success and they're like, well, I have an idea for a board game. Maybe I can get a hundred thousand dollars, you mm-hmm. know, and, and there's a lot of junk out there. I mean, let's just, let's just be completely honest. Sure, and, absolutely. And, and but that's to say about anything. There's a lot of junk anyway. But the I think the argument and it's it's an argument that can be made is that through a through a Kickstarter you're kind of there's the whole process of of I have an idea for a board game. Mm-hmm. I'm going to make it. I'm going to play test it with my friends. Mm-hmm. I'm going to refine it, and now I'm going to ask a publisher to look at it what he thinks and the publisher is going to say well you know i'm this is this is solid and this is solid but you know you're you're going to need to fix this 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 and this mm-hmm. but nobody's there telling them to fix those things and so then they go ahead and they just they throw it up on kickstarter and they say here's my idea for a game of space aliens and mm-hmm. you know cows or whatever you know and it's just like and I need $12,000 and you'll get a copy of a game, you know, nine months from now or whatever. Mm-hmm. And there's just a lot of that garbage out there. And right. it's just like, and things aren't getting, you know, uh, you know, play tested enough. And the thing is what's, what stinks is that, you know, it's like people look at that and they're saying, Oh, for 30 bucks, I can get a game. Right. And, and, and they're, they're, they're putting their money down for it, you know? And, and so, you know, and the more crap, that, that that gets published. There's gonna be more people that have this junk that they're gonna like throw. Look at and I, I don't want to call games out, but I mean I, I haven't played the Let's game, so go I can't ahead. speak. Call but, it out. <laughs> well, that, that Miskatonic School for Girls. Right, that's what I was thinking of. Yeah, I mean, okay, I haven't played the game. Um, I haven't. I, I've read a few reviews of it, but you know, here was here was a game that like had. A ton of buzz about it. Why? Because it's the theme, the theme of it. Mm-hmm. Oh, 
It's it's Arkham Horror Miskatonic School School for Girls. Okay, so it's it's like a it's it's a 1950s. What, what were the the girls like colleges? They were like what it was right. like the Cthulhu um, colleges. I don't remember. But well, yeah. I, I can't remember the name of it for for girls. It was like you know a, a school of refinement, if you will, because you, you you know a young woman goes there and learns how to be a lady, if you will, and all of a sudden now this now we're gonna throw in the idea that. Oh no! It's like, but Cthulhu's running the school, or whatever you know pops in your head, and like you looked at some of the art, and the art was very, very you know Cthulhu esque and everything like that. Mm-hmm. And it, people were sold on the theme; they thought, "Oh, that's cool." And so then the game comes out, and like you know, every review that I've seen has either been very, eh, but the vast majority have just been brutal yeah. to the game. I mean, it's just like there's no, there's not even a game here. You know, it's just like draw a card and see what it tells you to do. Mm-hmm. And so I never really even looked into the game, the, the the game that much. I I don't I don't know if there was rules posted online, but here's a game that like I've seen this game in my in my in my like one place, my one board game store mm-hmm. in town. I was like, how the hell did this get on the shelf? You know, I mean, it's just like you see it, but here's a game that like probably doesn't deserve to exist if you, if you go by gameplay mm-hmm. but there it is it made you know and it made whoever made the game a ton of money if theoretically i right. have no idea or at least at least i shouldn't say a ton of money but it, it made them x amount of money that they put in their pocket yeah. and now that game's out there and it exists and, and for every you know it most likely doesn't deserve to be right yeah, I mean, if that's from what I've read, it sounds like a game that there probably is a kernel of a good idea somewhere inside there. But like you were saying before, it hasn't been put in front of publishers. It hasn't been put in front of uh, maybe a lot of playtesters. I mean, and I'm just speculating. Maybe he did send it out to different playtest groups. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, they didn't do their job or whatever. Or maybe it is exactly as the guy wanted it to be. Because from what I've heard, it's sort of a fluxy kind of battle card game where you're you know you're fighting head to head kind of like in magic but there's a lot of really crazy card powers that just make the game totally just random but uh i mean yeah that is a problem with it but on the one hand it's kind of on the buyer to say you know to do the research and to uh you know read the rules because i think nine times out of ten these projects do put the rules up uh, I think I've, I can only think of maybe one or two projects where the person didn't put the rules up and most people were like, well, screw you then I'm not going to back of your game. Uh, <laughs> I, I mean, wh- one thing I can remember was this was a while ago last year. This, this, this gal, I remember that she was, she was a female. She was building this. The crate. gal was a female. Really? Yeah. Well, I just, Sweet. I don't remember her name. I just remember that she was, she, she was, she was a girl, <laughs> but she had this crazy game with these crazy components, and she could tell she was a very artistic person. And oh, oh yeah, I you know remember I'm talking that. About? Yeah. No, what was that now? I know it, it looked amazing, like component-wise, the prototype that she built. But then people asked her, "Like, this looks really cool. Can I see the rules?" And she was like, "No, absolutely not." Like she was adamant, <laughs> "I'm not showing you the rules because somebody's going to steal the rules or whatever." And people were like, "No, no, no, that's not how a board game community works." You know, you need to understand that this, you know, we want to know if the game's going to be any good or at least, you know, have some idea. Oh, you're going to bug me if I can't remember this now. Yeah. Ah, dang it. I'll add it in the show notes later, but uh, we'll we'll go look it up. But 
No, I remember because I because like on the actual like uh, the 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 game entry at, at Board Game Geek, there was like people there that were just like, you know, and 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 you know, and you just like any other online forum, and not so much Board Game Geek because people were pretty good to each other in BGG, but you know, once once people smell that blood in the water. You know, they they just you know they just the piranhas just just latch on and and, exactly. and you know and everybody everybody comes out of the woodwork that has their you know ten cent opinion and then just has to throw in the you know like I think it sucks too you know so <laughs> I mean so how I mean, dare and, you <laughs> yeah and I don't I mean and and you know what if if you think I'm making I'm I'm calling you out for your ten cent opinion then you know what I probably am so but that's only because you realize that's what you're doing but no I mean you know it's like I'm I'm joking of course but I mean the the, the problem is is that yeah I got I remember that one too yeah it was like and 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 she just didn't have a game and she and I remember it was like there was a ridiculous amount of money that she wanted for it too it was like you know oh, right like yeah it was 100 bucks oh, it was close high it was like 100 yeah bucks yeah if to, in order to in order to get the game yeah it was like a hundred dollars to have it you know to get a copy of the game and have it shipped to your home it was 100 bucks and for the game to for it to actually you know go to publishing it was like 20 grand she needed total right you know and, and which which was one of those things too it's like you know you can always tell the people that like know what they're doing mm-hmm. as far as the whole uh the 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 kickstarter program that they put forth mm-hmm. versus people that are just like that that you know well i i i need twenty thousand dollars so if i get 200 people to give me 100 bucks each Mm-hmm. Well, that'll take care of it, right? You know, so they just—that's how they do the math, and they just—and they just throw it out there, and they hope for the best. Right. But like you can see, there's all kinds of uh, people that like you know, you can see that they um, they set up really, really good stretch goals. Uh, they they oh, set yeah. up they they set up um, uh, you know smart uh, levels. You know, you know, because like you have to sell a certain you you. you Unless you're shipping outside of outside of the U.S., which which stinks, but I mean, and, and that's something you know, not to, not to complain too much. But do you ever notice that like, like on the Kickstarter programs, if if they don't live in the United States, and I'm not trying to to call out people that live in Europe or Australia or whatever, I I, I don't think people realize that like to put a game in a box and and like in a flat rate box and send it to any place, even Canada. You know, a country mm-hmm. that's like you, I, I can throw a rock from my house, and I, you know, and I, and I, I can get close. I can get close to Canada. So it's just like, you know, even Canada, it's it's forty bucks. Mm-hmm. You know, it, because of customs and everything else. I mean, it's just like I think it's thirty-two dollars and ninety-five cents to send a medium flat-rate box to Canada, and it's it's not cheap. And it's just like, and the, and the further you get away, the more expensive it is. I, I just recently had a guy buy a game for me in an auction. He lived in New Zealand. It was $50, mm-hmm. you know, just $50 just to send him a box. It, even if I put nothing in it, you know, yep. and, and, you know, and it can only weigh up to 10 pounds, you know, anything over that it's exponential more. And so people are complaining. It's just like, okay, well, and they actually say, okay, well, $35 will get you the game. And if you live overseas, add another $30. And and that's just they're taking an average of like okay a lot of people are going to be ordering from Europe so that that's this that's this You're, they're probably sending it to you at a loss oh yeah and absolutely people, and people want to complain and say oh well shipping that's 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 complete and total crap and it's like well 
Dude, you know, it's like have you, go to USPS.com and, and type in your country and, and sending something and, and see how much it freaking costs to get to you. <laughs> I know it sucks that, that it, Kickstarter is based out of out of, out of out of the United States, but, you know, what do you expect them to do? I mean, like, you know, give them $35 and they, that they can use that to pay for the stamp. <laughs> and then and then and then send you a game for nothing. I don't know. I, I don't understand people's uh, anger over over the shipping costs as far as that's concerned. But no, I mean, where where, where was I before I went off <laughs> on my my angry tangent? No, I, I, but oh, it was stretch goals. So like you know, people people in general like. Ex- exclusivity. I mean, with with their things. Like if if you're like if midnight showings at movies. You know, oh, I went to it like the moment it was available to me, so nobody else could see it before me. You know, mm-hmm. and and or or like you know special edition of anything. You know, I mean, I know people that um, I, I had a buddy who who bought who paid five hundred bucks or whatever for the special edition R two D two Xbox. You know, mm-hmm. it's like oh, what does it what does it do? Oh, it looks like R two D two. What is it like? play something different or no no it just looks like r2d2 so our next box is like 200 dollars. yeah <laughs> this was 500 dollars. yeah but it's an r2d2 and i'm just like oh okay cool but, you know i mean it's stuff like that you know it's like people want that so they can look at it and say look at that i have that you know and only fifteen thousand other people have it you know mm-hmm. so and so people love the fact that like and and in the board game world um Obviously, there's all these things out there as far as, um, you know, it's like, oh, special promo cards and, and you know, here's here's an extra race or whatever for this alien game I'm making or, you know, and, and so on and so forth. And, and people people get really excited uh, about that stuff. And, and right. so when you when you when you set up those stretch goals and like, oh, if you get to this, if you get to that and so on and so forth. That's how people make their money, and and, and that's how they get people interested. Um, and it's always really, I I was stunned. You actually told me this, and I I did I did not know this. I did not know that if you um, pledged to a Kickstarter, you can't unpledge. I thought you could, but you, did you say you can only move it down to one dollar? I think so. I think somebody else told me. You know what? I said that on the one of our podcasts. And somebody sent me a geek mail and said, no, if you go in and do, oh, I think it was, you could go in and change it to a bad credit card or something. So when, I, <laughs> so when it goes to charge you, yeah. And I'm like, oh, okay. So you can game the system a little bit. But, yeah. okay, if you're not going to be a liar, then uh, well, you're going to have to have, you have to give them a dollar. You right. know, so, which, right. you know, whatever, it's a dollar. Yeah. But, so, but the thing about it that I always found interesting is that, you're you're not risking anything with in a Kickstarter campaign. If 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 it if you pledge to give them their forty dollars or fifty dollars or a hundred dollars, whatever it is, and they go through the process of it and they don't meet their goal, they're not going to take any money from you. You know, right. you, you're you're done. You know, I mean, it's just like mm, you well, know, you okay. risk you risk getting a, a pile of junk, but well. I mean, you risk that anyway if you go down to your local shop and you you purchase a game from Fantasy Flight or Rio Grande or whoever. It's, exactly. It's just as possible that the game is going to be horrible, 
from them. Unless, of I mean, course, you listen to some fine reviews. Right. Uh, <laughs> but no, <laughs> but if they, um, you know, so I don't understand people like they, they have this mentality, like they're risking their money. Um, but I do understand that if you like, uh, I think people latched on to this idea is like, if you put your money down, before you've seen a review or before you've read the rules or something like that, before you've like kind of uh, figured out if it's something you like, then, then yeah, I mean, then you might lose a dollar out of the deal. If you, if it turns out to be a game that like, you know, you're not going to want. However, I do love how (laughs) as soon as something either meets its goal or is almost at the goal, Mm -hmm. if it's something where it meets its goal, it's like, then people just come out of nowhere to, to give to give it money like they've been waiting for it to actually meet their goal of you know twenty thousand dollars or ten thousand dollars whatever and it's like okay now I'll put my money down now that I know I'm gonna get the game mm. now I'll give you my money well dude what were you thinking I mean was it just like I, I don't I don't get that mentality it's just like uh, it's the same sort of piranha validation mentality you know oh everybody else is is liking it or everybody else is hating it you know, so I will also agree with the mass market. I don't know, but uh, I, I remember we're reading a little bit into it. Maybe somebody didn't hear about it until it, you know, it didn't generate any buzz. And now that it's funded, oh, now it's, there's a board game geek article about it. Oh, what's this game? You know, so it's kind of, it's kind of yeah. uh, spirals together. I guess I could buy into that, but yeah, I mean, take a look at. Well, I mean, we mentioned Tammany Hall. I mean, it was like it, it met its goal with like a week left to go. And then yeah, and then it made another sixty sixty grand in like a week. It seemed like I don't know. I don't know what the exact numbers were, but I mean, it was right. just like all of a sudden, just the, the the you know they started shoveling the money you know in, into the, into the bank. Didn't one of those games got featured on Wired dot com? I don't think it was Tammy Hall. It was another one. Yeah, but that's kind of back to my other point. Was there was a game like I don't think it was Tammy Hall. It was a different one. Uh, which one was it? Oh, it was Ground Floor, another Tasty Mitchell one. Mm. So, like, that had met a goal. That one also went over 100000 I think, too. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, I, I, did, I did my review of it, and then, um, and then not that that had anything to do with anything, but I, it had already met its goal when I did my review, and right. then, like, I always, whenever I do, and this is, of course, you know, egocentric, and I'll be completely honest. As soon as I, I, I post my Kickstarter review, I always, I pull up the, the whatever the game or that 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 that's Kickstarter, and I, I pull it up and I leave it in my browser, and then uh, every three four hours I go and I hit F5 and I see how many more backers are in there, and I don't know if they're from me or whatever, but I'm like, oh look at that, I you know maybe, oh seven you more. You should people. ask the. Um... The publisher, because they, I know those guys, especially like Tasty Minstrel guys, because they're like pros at this thing. They'll track, they'll track every day, how much, how much money they get each day and each week, and so they can, they kind of learn where the spikes and activity come from. And so I bet you, if you asked them, if they could say, well, yeah, that our normal rate was a thousand bucks a day, but the day you posted your review, it it, it went down to two dollars. <laughs> <laughs> We actually lost backers after your review. We dropped yeah. that to a buck. <laughs> never, never contact us again. Thank you. <laughs> no, no, David Shore, actually the designer for Ground Floor, sent me a very nice email uh, thanking me for, 
for my contributions. And so when when I because I back the game too, so when I when I get my game, he's going to sign it for me, which is cool. Oh, sweet. Yeah. Um, aren't you friends with him technically? Sort uh, of. Well, we play on uh, Yucatan all the time. He uh, he insists on cheating. At uh, a few acres of snow. No, um, <laughs> just joking. Uh, I don't know. If he he this. uses the hammer. Is that what you're trying to say? No, no, no. Actually, we both. Uh, well, let's not talk about that. Oh, okay. A whole other episode. But yeah, no, we play online quite a bit, and uh, I, th- I heard the piranhas coming when when we when you mentioned <laughs> that. Actually, what what was that? What was that? Yeah. Uh, no. Um. No, but. The problem I have with Kickstarter, I guess, I have I have two huge problems with Kickstarter, and and um and I I you know I shouldn't say huge problems, okay. One, uh, and I guess it's more than two. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> one, I I've backed I think it's seven or eight uh, games on Kickstarter, mm-hmm. and to this day I have received one of them. That was Eminent Domain. Everything else is like still just sitting out there and of course one of them is the glory to rome black box and and i'm not going to spend a lot of time uh dissecting that can of worms i mean it's um it's been horrific you know, to, to say the least as far as if you were one of the people that uh you know put their money down um it's it's coming up on a year uh that Dude. that that people like you know like for a game that already existed right you know, and uh, and it's just like it's one of those things where it's like, you know, because it's August was I think August, early August, mid August that they that they you know it ended. Um, you know, I made a good good piece of cash, and uh, and so now it's it's like uh, you know, it's just they've had their problems and they've had their issues, and 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 I'm not gonna I'm not gonna sugarcoat it, and I'm not gonna go over everything as far as that. I mean. Um, and not everything has been their fault either. You know, I mean, it's, it's, it, they've had some bad luck too, but I think name me, name me a board game publishing that hasn't had some bad luck involved. Yeah. In I mean, right. I mean, name, name me a, name me a, a board game that like when they said, and the release date's in June and it actually happened in June, you mm-hmm. know I mean? It's just, it's one of those things. So it's like, whatever they tell you add three months mm-hmm. is, is like, and then, then if it comes up sooner and then, then just thank your lucky stars. I mean, that's kind of like uh, the mentality I've, I've taken uh, with that. But, um, you know, all the others, I, I just, I, I, I haven't gotten yet. I mean, just because it's one of those things where it's like you give somebody money mm-hmm. uh, and then nine months down the road, you know, you know, it's just like they make Tanga look fast. Let's <laughs> just put it that way. <laughs> you know, it, it, so, I mean, I, you know, it's one of those things where it's just like, yes, I know. It's like, I know what you're getting into when you do it. But ultimately, it's just one of those things where it's like, it's very, it, it's it's infuriating in a mm, way. Sure. Especially, especially when, like, you read about it and it's just like you haven't seen any updates for, like, two months. Mm-hmm. It's like, I gave you 60 bucks, you know, like, like six months ago. Where, where is this? You know, I mean, can you, and, and the second thing that I, do you realize that there is absolutely nothing Kickstarter, the way, the way it's set up, the, the Kickstarter, they do not enforce the production of the item right. in any shape or form. Well, how could they really though? Well, I guess they couldn't, but there, there is, there is, and there is no way because of the fact that, like, okay, you're giving somebody your credit card, and because of the way disputes with credit cards work, after 
a window is closed, which is, you know, I think industry standard. I work in credit cards, but it's been a while since I've looked at a, a, a cardholder agreement. I think it's 60 days. Mm-hmm. You have like 60 days from the time of the transaction to, to dispute the charge. You can dispute a charge for special purposes after the 60 days, but it's a very involved process and it's kind of difficult to do. Um, whereas if it's something within 60 days, you just call up your credit card company. You say, hey, uh, I ordered this, didn't get it. Uh, dispute it. Okay, fine. We'll do it. And they'll, they'll take care of it from there. Whereas, you know, this, because you're talking about something that takes nine months, 10 months, whatever, for you to get what you requested, mm-hmm. then you the problem there is is that uh, you uh, you have no recourse whatsoever. I mean, it's just like think of all the people that like um, you know that, that uh, I, I don't know for certain, but I'm sure there's a few people that have wanted to cancel uh, their their order for their black box version of uh, Glory to Rome. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's just it's one of those things where it's like. Uh, you know, it's it's unfortunate. I mean, and that's another thing where where they had those people that also that said like if you paid extra, if you paid them a certain amount of money extra beyond the cost, you were guaranteed to have your copy before anybody else. Right. That was what they said. And then they allowed people to pick up their games at Origins prior to those people actually getting their copies. Right. You know, which. It, it, but it it was the difference of like a couple of days because sure. they all got sent out before origins you know before they they allowed pickup so i mean you got a day or two after origins but you know it's one of those things never say i promise right well here's the thing that that it kind of my sort of gripe with it i think and it like like you said it's not a huge gripe but it kind of ties in with your last point is these companies that are starting to use it sort of as just a pre-order system where in its spirit originally kickstarter was look here's something that we're not, you know, you're not sure you has has a market. It's something that's new, hasn't been tried. It needs funding to get off the ground. It's kind of a niche thing, you know. Here's your opportunity to tell people about it, get them interested in it. Something they may not have thought of before, and then the project arises. Like Alien Frontiers was the first one that came up, and Eminent Domain was an early one. And so these are projects from small companies that had never made anything. And apart from board games, there's just all kinds of crazy projects that can oh, come yeah. up. I mean, like the one one of them that I backed was uh, Wasteland Two, which is a video mm. game. And yes. so the original Wasteland, I'm I'm not going to divert too much, but just to give you a sense, the original Wasteland is basically the precursor to Fallout, the original Fallout. Yep. Uh, back in was it the 80s? Must have been the 80s or 90s. Oh yeah, I played it on my Commodore 64 way back in the day. Right. And so it was a turn-based, you know, very much like a board game, turn-based, tactical, uh, you know, combat RPG thing. Amazing. Wasteland also is amazing. But the guy that wanted to make Wasteland 2, uh, he used to run Interplay back in the day, he wanted to make it like that old style of game, not like a 3D, you know, Oblivion ripoff. And I, I like actually like Fallout 3, so don't think I'm bashing on it. But he wanted to do an old kind of a throwback game. Well, if he takes that idea to all these publishers, like Bethesda and whoever else, they're going to be like, well, screw you. That's not going to sell. Meanwhile, in his heart, he believes that this is going to sell. So he goes on Kickstarter and they raise like over 2 million bucks. I think they'll raise almost 3 million bucks. Yeah, it was, it was a, it was a success story. Totally. Oh, Cause oh. like, yeah, I mean, so people, people, but, uh, were all about that. Yeah. So that is really what Kickstarter is all about. 
is I've got this idea and no one else is listening to me. I'm going to get this out on the internet. Hopefully people listen to me. And, you know, that's the same with eminent domain and, and alien frontiers. But now we're seeing like queen games is probably the biggest uh, quote unquote offender is they're taking games that were already set to release already in the release pipeline, already going to be distributed like Edo and things like that. But then turned it into went to Kickstarter to get some funding to help them print the game. There's nothing sinister or evil about what they're doing. I know there's people that think that. I'm not one of those people at all. And I, you know, they're using it for what it is, but they're turning it into a pre-order system. And you can almost kind of say that, you know, the Glory to Rome thing was kind of like that. I mean, yeah, they've printed the game before. They needed new components, supposedly, because the, you know, the art on the old one was crappy. Yeah. But really, there's a fine line there between them, you know, kind of breaking the spirit of Kickstarter and then just turning into a pre-order program. Well, when you start doing that, then people are going to think it should behave like a pre-order program. And it becomes like the whole perception and expectations are confused. Because when you pre-order a game, well, again, as I start to say this, I start to think, well, let's say you pre-ordered um, Eclipse or something, and then lo and behold, you don't get it for ever. You know, if you were like a late pre-order on that first run, you're not getting it until like right about now anyway. How crazy is they sold through the second print run? <laughs> I know. I, don't, I mean, I don't mean, I don't mean, I don't mean to divert, but I mean that's just, I mean. I mean, it's a great game. I mean, but I mean, it's just that's insane. Mm-hmm. I'm sure they're going to sell through multiple print runs still. You know. Yeah, but. But yeah, whatever. like like getting back to my point was, you know, I mean, the thing with Queen Games is they they came up, they they put up their projects, they were successful, and those games are arriving already, so they're not really having a problem with this delayed reaction thing, but. That's the problem, though, is they come in and some people are going to get into Kickstarter through them. They go, oh, this is a cool pre-order program. And then there's other little guys like the Agents of Smirsh guys and, you know, to a lesser extent, the Glory to Rome guys. And they're not really doing it as a pre-order system. They're doing a sort of an experiment. You know, they're doing a new game or a new set of components for Glory to Rome. Well, so, they don't have they don't have seven eight games out there, you know, or whatever, you know, bringing them bring them income every every month to so they need the Kickstarter right. to to be able to you know have something printed off and published. Right. But I think that's where the confusion is 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 people have different expectations out of the system. It's not it's not a it's not a really set in stone thing. So. Well. You know, and I shouldn't. Maybe, maybe I'm maybe I'm wrong, but I I, I kind of do have a problem with Queen doing it the way they did. Honestly, I mean, it's just it's one of those things where, um, you know, somebody went and you know and and crunched the numbers, you know, and just said, well, there's absolutely no reason why we can't do this, mm-hmm. you know, and it's just, it, it, I mean, that was just that was just a business decision. It wasn't something to like. You know, it's like, oh, we really want to like, you know, offer up these promos and whatever. And you know, it was just, it was somebody saying, let's just assuage the cost of 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 the printing of this game right. and uh, and you know and put it on the 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 customer a little bit. You know, mm-hmm. we can get that money right away instead of, you know, you know, we're gonna print you know two thousand copies of this game or whatever. Let's have let's 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 get forty fifty grand out of our customer base now instead of waiting to get it over the next year as this game is purchased. Mm-hmm. And, 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 and I understand that. I 
I understand why they they do things like that, but you know, it's just it, it like I said, it, it it takes away from the spirit mm-hmm. of, of the of, of the of the situation. You know, honestly, I mean, you know, uh, I I it's one of those things where it's just like I I just I don't want to see. I mean, I, you know, Queen Games. I mean, fine. I mean, they they can go and they can do it, and and they can. I mean, people obviously uh, like the fact that they were able to put the money down. And I, I who am I uh, to tell somebody that you know what the way they want to process or way they want to go about something is the wrong thing to do? I mean, it's just my personal opinion. Right. But I, I really don't want to see you know fantasy flight games doing it. I don't want to see real grand games doing right. it. Right. I don't want to see you know Z Man. I don't want to see these people like going away from like um, rigorous playtesting and rigorous. Uh, uh, you know, in-house production, and and mm-hmm. you know, and and uh, I don't, I mean, I don't want to get to that point. And and like I was saying before, you know, it's like Kickstarter has, they don't, they don't care. I mean, the, whoever runs Kickstarter is a genius, and I right. wish I'd had the idea, because people are just, it's, it's just a spot to funnel the money. That's mm-hmm. all it is. Mm-hmm. And and they, they have the website, and they they take care of the bandwidth and everything else. But other than that, no, go ahead, you know. Post whatever you want. If it's something you know ludicrous and horrible, we'll you know that's racist or pornographic. We'll delete it. You know, right. and you have to go somewhere else. But they 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 aren't gonna. There's go and read some of the stuff. There there's no board games out there that fall into this. But there's there's certain products out there that like have got Kickstarter like over a year and a half ago, and the people haven't updated their product in like months. Right. And the people that gave them the money for the for the products, they're just livid. They're right. just like, "Where's my whatever?" And it's just like, and the person's like, "La da da." Mm. <laughs> yeah, they're in Rio. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, I mean, it's just you know, it's one of those things where I don't know. I, I guess it. I'm not a type of person that's going to sit there and say, Oh, Kickstarter is a horrible, because I mean, it isn't, there's games out there that I would never would have, like, as you said, I would have never seen mm-hmm. or played mm-hmm. if they hadn't, if it didn't exist. But I see the possibility of abuse. And as this gets bigger, it, it, something's eventually somebody's going to have a board game. Somebody's going to have something for our niche hobby that, uh, they're going to get the money and they're not going to do anything with it. They're going to defraud. It's just, it's, it's, if you put yourself in a situation where something bad can happen mm-hmm. enough times, eventually something bad's going to happen. Right. And I guess that's what I'm worried about. Right. And I think you're right. That probably will happen eventually, but there's nothing, you know, there's nothing really you can do about it. The other, the one thing though, um, kind of going from the queen perspective that I think may damage the industry, but I'm not sure. I'm not enough of an expert to be able to forecast that at all. Is like, okay, so now Queen's getting into it. Griffin Games is getting into it. And maybe they, they do need that money. Maybe they've taken a bath on a couple of games or something, and they're kind of in the in the red. I mean, we don't know. But as people sort of see this gold mine that is Kickstarter, and it's this trough that everybody can drink from, then you you might see, you know, like a fantasy flight get into that, maybe on a project here or there. It is. This is totally theoretical. I'm not saying this will happen, but as more and more people start to use it, then it's going to sort of cut out some of the people that have been involved with you know the board game stuff before. The normal sort of you know progression of you know the game is published or manufactured and then you know given to a distributor and then sent to online retailers and you know local brick and mortar retailers. 
and that whole process is going to change. And yeah, like you said, I don't know if that's necessarily a healthy thing. Um, you know, there are Kickstarter projects that obviously are not play tested or vetted. There are plenty that are, I think, that are just, you know, they don't have a home as far as a publisher goes. Like I was saying with, um, you know, the Fireman game, uh, Flashpoint, uh, you know, that didn't have a home. But, you know, it needed Kickstarter to get there. But as more and more people seem to flock to it, I just wonder if it's going to be somewhat damaging as a whole to the industry as far as getting it to grow. You know what I mean? Because your average people aren't going to go looking for Kickstarter board games. But if, you know, all the good ones or whatever start flocking there again, as I say this out loud, it seems kind of unlikely, but it may have some kind of negative effect on the industry as a whole just if everybody's going there and that's the place to go get your board games made and the whole process is just you know kind of throws a big wrench into everything i don't know i mean i don't know i don't know what will happen well and it's just it's one of those things where as you get further away from like your 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 warm bath if you will you know like you know the there's just it's always been this way for so long prior to Kickstarter. You know, some dude has an idea, dude brings idea to company, company looks at idea, mm-hmm. you know, ref, you know, works with dude to, or, or I should say, or or woman because there's woman designers out there, mm-hmm. uh, and, and refine said idea, refine said idea, mm-hmm. keep refining said idea, you mm-hmm. know, and you know, and then. Okay, now this is presentable. Now we will, you know, we'll we'll send this off. We'll we'll spend, you know, thirty five thousand dollars or whatever it is, you know, to print off four thousand copies of this game, and then we'll get them all the ship back, and then now we'll send it to distributors, and hopefully, over the course of the next year, we'll make that money back. And and so, you know, it's just like, and and that's worked, right? right. Well, you know? I mean, for the most part, these. I mean, I'm trying to think of game companies that have lasted. You know, Fancy Flight's been around for a long time. Rio Grande, Mayfair's been around for a while. Hasbro. <laughs> well, I mean, <laughs> but now it looks like it looks like Rio Grande might be on the way out. Honestly. Well. You you read yeah. some of the. Oh, yeah. You know, I mean, it's just, and that I mean, that, but to be fair to Jay, you know, uh, he he definitely you know he's been running that by himself for a long time. I think mm-hmm. he. He probably saw, you know, he, he maybe he saw that, um, you know, well, if I was Jay, honestly, at this point in my, my life, after, you know, I'd made my money as I did and everything, at, at this point, um, I would say, you know what, I'm just going to keep making Dominion expansions and do nothing else. <laughs> well, with with Rio Grande, though, I mean, it's, it's one of those things with like kind of the natural business cycle. I mean, companies never last forever. They come, I mean, like Sears and Roebuck and Montgomery Ward, those were behemoths, and now they're gone, you know? And so it just... I was just in Sears the other day. This was still there. Oh, you know, but aren't they like in (laughs) default, like 10 times over? I don't remember, but they're not... Well, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, they're they're nothing to what they were. I'll I'll give you that, yes. But, I mean, but Rio's had... Let's say they are on the way out. I don't think necessarily they are, but... This might be the beginnings of that, you know, who knows, but they've been around for a while and they've had their run and 
and they've, they've done great, you know. But, uh, well, let's be fair. I don't think it's because he's doing poorly by in any way, shape, or form. I think right. I think Jay just has decided he's going to retire. Honestly, mm-hmm. I mean that I, that that would be my guess, if you will. Right. You know, after after you know being you know a, a board game uh, publisher for as many years as he has, and and I I I mean I don't know how old he is or, or what what it is, but you know. The rumblings I've heard, and this is this is not based upon any factual evidence whatsoever. This is just conjecture. Um, it sounds like you know it's like what Dominion they say they're going to make one or two more expansions, and then they're done. Mm-hmm. Um, and then like uh, Race for the Galaxy, they're going to do one more expansion, and then they're done. Mm-hmm. You know, and it just it seems like. It wouldn't surprise me at all. Let's just put it that way. That like get these last few expansions for these long-standing, uh, uh, you know, uh, genres, these long-standing lines mm-hmm. uh, of board games that you have. Like, get them out the door, and just say, you know what? Thank you uh, very much. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I will. I will keep the Dominion stuff in print, and, and for I'm as sure long as. Sell the game to somebody, sell the company, and they'll keep. Yeah, it yeah. You know, and just you know, he'll he'll you know sell it to Z-Man or sell it to something, and and they'll just take over from that point, and and mm-hmm. and he can you know take his giant check and and walk away and say, well, now I don't have to do that anymore. You know, <laughs> yeah. It's just like the cool thing about Jay is that um, uh, and I remember this. Uh, I you know I I I think it was my my base Dominion set. It was missing one um, uh, woodcutter card. It just didn't have one. I remember I was going through it. And I realized I didn't, have, I didn't have enough woodcutters. And I sent him an email. I was like, "Hey, I'm missing a woodcutter card." And he's like, "Oh." So like two days later, I got a, I got an envelope in the mail with a woodcutter card in it, and the stamp was like, "Make your own stamp." He made his own stamps, and it was a Dominion box. And huh. It was was the stamp. I thought that was really cool. I still huh. kept that envelope. That's cool. But yeah, think think about that. Think think about how many millions of games that guy. Um, the guy sold I, I, millions. Yeah, it's got to be millions of Dominion, would you say? Oh, yeah. I I don't know. Hundreds. I mean, I, of thousands. hundreds of thousands. Maybe not millions. I, mean, that, I I I suppose he didn't sell two million copies of Dominion, but let's just say hundreds of thousands of copies. And that guy still personally sent out. He personally received the emails of like, "Hey, I'm missing a cube," mm-hmm. and he still personally sent out that stuff. I mean, mm-hmm. it was like it. You know, and that's pretty cool. I have a lot of respect for Jay. You know, yeah. he, but um, getting off topic again. No, I mean, I, I think maybe it's this natural progression of things. My boss at my job, he tells me constantly. I mean, he he's a good guy and he's a friend. Um, but uh, he, I think he reads way too much of those those corporate. Uh, you know how to run a team books kind of thing, and <laughs> and you know he's been reading this book called Gapology a lot lately, and he's just been really into that. And prior to that, it was the Who Moved My Cheese, and trying to get us all to read that and get into that mentality. And and his big thing is is he's like um he's like when change happens, he says, don't be like, hey, why is this happening? Mm-hmm. Be be hey, how can I use this to help myself? And then that's, right. his, that's his big thing, you know. So, you know, if I want to actually apply what what what, what uh, my boss Nick tells, you know, to this, it's like, you know, change is going to happen. Nothing stays the same. So are we going down a path where Kickstarter is going to start 
you know, uh, being more involved in board games? Absolutely. That's going to happen. It's, it's happening. Um, I've had some people, uh, conjecture the idea that, well, this is like the, this is the sweet spot for Kickstarter right now. Give it another six months and it'll, and, 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 uh, then it'll, the, the hype will be over. And I don't see that happening. I mean, I, I think there will be a point where it'll, it'll, it won't be so exponentially growing as it is now. Mm-hmm. But I think, I think this is going to last well into 2013. I mean, as far as the hype over, Kickstarter and and, the, and for using it for for board games. I do, however, think that at some point uh, down the road, uh, somebody with some high priced lawyer uh, is going. To, there's going to be somebody who has a uh, a product that they're going to go through Kickstarter. It's not going to happen, and and there's going to be you know a, a few thousand people that get bilked out of their money, mm-hmm. and um, somebody's going to have a friend who's a big time lawyer, and they're going to go ahead and and they're going to. I would not be stunned if some sort of like if that happens where people don't get a product and whatever, um, if some sort of class action lawsuit occurs, and they're going to find that. Um, even though Kickstarter says, "Oh, hey, we're just, we're just, we're just trying to help this guy get that idea out there," mm-hmm. um, they're gonna deal with being held liable mm-hmm. you know, for for not, uh, you know, uh, protecting their customers, you know, because because right. they're because they're getting, you know, they're getting whatever percentage of the money, you know, uh, that, right. that 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 you're handing, and so the moment you start taking checks. You know, and uh, it, it it is your responsibility. You know, in some way, shape, or form, uh, you can you can you know wipe your wash your hands clean of stuff all the all you want, but you know somebody will find some way to say, well, technically that contract that you made everybody sign, everything like that, that's that's not valid. You know, you you need you need to be held held culpable to this situation, and and. I think that'll happen. I think, I think, I think, I think the the whole thing with Kickstarter, and I think when that happens, I think there's going to be some radical changes to how Kickstarter handles their 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 situations. And I think when that happens, I think that might cause the tapering off, if you will. I mean, this is just me prognosticating, and and you know, and and then nine. 99 out of 100 people won't remember me making these comments. And then so when it doesn't happen, I won't be called out. But you, you but if if like uh it like January of 2013 if we're talking about yeah, yeah, I was like I was like go back to that podcast. I yeah, I I said it. So it's it's kind of a win-win for me. But um I mean, it's it's just it's it's too many things are going to Kickstarter, not just board games, everything. Right. Uh, Something's gonna happen. Mm-hmm. It, it, there, there's gonna be the balloon. The balloon's gonna pop, and and something's gonna happen, and something's gonna change. And that goes for all the other ones too. All the copycats. Now, are those copycats the same as Kickstarter, or are those just people that just kind of took the idea and said, "I'm gonna do it in Europe." I think that. Like, yeah, I think it's what you said at the end. It's like Indiegogo is one, and that's basically the European Kickstarter. But it looks exactly the same. Oh yeah, I mean, like the, the website template and everything. Yeah. Yeah, so I mean, that's what made me think that it was, you know, the the same company. They just did a Europe one, but maybe I'm completely wrong. Oh, but why maybe. wouldn't they just why wouldn't they just call it Kickstarter Europe then? Oh, yeah. Or something. Uh, yeah, it's probably different. Yeah. They yeah, probably both use the same WordPress template. <laughs> <for> their... <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> that's funny. That's funny. Um, no, I mean, I guess, you know, it's just, it's, I, 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 what I really don't like is, is the, is people that are just naysaying it. And, um, and like, they have this huge problem with like certain board games getting tons of funding. And the thing is, is that what it comes down to is, is it's a total let the buyer beware type of situation. If, if you're going to go into a game and give them a bunch of your money, mm-hmm. um, and without looking at rules or without seeing some good reviews or reading some good reviews about the game or anything like that, then you, you deserve what you get. I mean, look at, look at, um, Zombicide. And I talked about that in a podcast before. I mean, that, they got hundred thousand dollars or something yeah, and, and there's no rules, no gameplay, nothing. Mm-hmm. They, they didn't, they didn't, they didn't, they didn't show them anything to see what the game now i've heard a couple people say they played the demo version at a at a convention and it was a lot of fun and i was like okay well that's cool you know i mean but but the thing is that that's not enough i mean Mm -hmm. i i I was trying to decide if i wanted to get it i was like well this looks kind of neat but then i was just like you know what i i'm not gonna i'm not gonna i'm not gonna risk a hundred dollars for something that might just be garbage. Right. And the thing is, is that if I'd been smart, I would have given it to him because honestly, with all the, like the special edition figures that you were going to get mm-hmm. for, 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 you know, putting the hundred dollars down you, if you didn't like it, you could have turned around and sold that, you know, just because, because there, there's going to be somebody out there who wanted the special edition uh, miniatures, you mm-hmm. know, and, and so you could I, easily make your money back. Mm-hmm. But the thing is, is that, in a way, one of the reasons why I didn't do it was just because, you know, the whole voting with your pocketbook, you know, just like, well, you know what, if you had, and the thing about that is if they had posted review, uh, like, like rules or, or had a review, they probably would have made more money. They would have gotten more money out of me. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, if, if it, well, technically if the rules actually were any good and if the gameplay looked any good, but right. you know, that's when I'll be very interested in seeing once it's released, you know what the reaction is going to be. Um, the same thing goes for that sedition game. Have you seen that? I have. I have. You know, well, I'm sure you have because there was a contest for a free right. copy of it on Board Game Geek, so <laughs> right. everybody looked into it then. But I mean, that's got a week or so left, and um, I you really don't know anything about the gameplay of the game at all. Mm-hmm. But you know, they're offering up these really, really nice looking miniatures that you're going to be able to paint. Well, I think that's why that one's getting the money. Cause I, they have a couple of gameplay videos up there and I'm like, some people said, Oh, it's like earth reborn. And I'm like, no, it's not anywhere close to that. It's just like, uh, I mean, it doesn't look very good. I'm sorry. I think it doesn't <laughs> well, look no, very, very good at fair. all. Yeah. I mean, is it just a, a really simple rule set or? Yeah. What, and what it's just it? basically buckets of dice and like the, the, the catch is that if you roll a die, it like, it calculates the, if you hit the guy and how much you hit the guy for da 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 da. But it looks very, very simple. I mean, and you know, and I'm not a huge like tactical miniatures war gamer guy. I mean, I do play war games, but, it's like it just looks so dirt symbol that you know, like it's simpler than claustrophobia, and mm. claustrophobia is not really that complex, you know. Yeah, I, I got rid of claustrophobia just because I just I you know it was it was it looked neat and mm-hmm. I liked the theme, but I I didn't I didn't like the I thought the game was just way too simple. Yeah, I, and I like claustrophobia, and I mean this looks like as simple as Abaddon. I mean it's like it's that simple. 
But well, that's weird because I actually really enjoy Abaddon. I do I mean, too. No, no, I mean I do. I, I, it, but Abaddon is like you can get it for like forty bucks, and you yeah, get, you get a bunch of scenarios, and the the miniatures aren't quite as detailed as edition. But I think what's driving people to get that is the is the is the minis. Because I I don't know what it is. I mean maybe it's the greatest thing in the world, but just from what I've seen, I'm like, why are you people putting money up for this? I don't yeah, know. Yeah, I mean, I, you know, it's one of those things. Yeah. I have, you know, and I'm so silly. I was thinking, it's like, ah, these these miniatures look awesome. I'd love to paint them. And then I'm like, then I look over and I'm like, I look at my, you know, two copies of Space Hulk that I still haven't painted. I'm like, well, if I haven't gotten to those yet, you know, and just like, why would I even be even considering uh, <laughs> trying to take on this? I, so I don't know. I, it's, you know, I, but. Those are those things, you know. It's like there you go. I think last time I checked Sedition, they're like a hundred and forty thousand dollars on there right now. That's a ton of money, you know. But it, that thing was at a hundred grand before anybody on board game geek even heard of it. I know. So I think that's why. That's why the other thing that makes me think, oh, it's the minis because the guy worked at. Uh, uh, he works on War Machine, I think, and so I think in the miniatures world, he's sort of a, uh, you know. A, famous guy for designing miniatures and stuff. I'd never heard of him, but um, so I think that's what makes me think, oh, this is this is a total miniature thing. And so people are probably getting want to get the miniatures anyway for whatever games you know they may play to substitute. But who knows? Yeah, I, I mean I think you're on something there. And I mean and that's I mean that I guess. I mean it's just like yeah I have a friend who is big into uh uh, he's he's big into the miniature scene and he's big into Warhammer and he's always complaining about the price of the of the, of the sculptures the sculpts as he calls them mm-hmm. uh, and and uh, and so I suppose like from what it sounds like for a hundred dollars you're getting like you know sixty seventy or eighty odd miniatures and like yeah. I was talking about it and he's like he's like yeah that's insanely cheap mm-hmm. for for miniatures and he's just like he said that that's you know you know, you know, obviously he's like, you know, if, if I, you know, games workshop, you know, charges through the nose for their stuff, but right. you know, he was sitting there talking, it's like, yeah, to get, you know, 50 of a, of an army, you're, you're, you're talking about 300 bucks, right. you know, easily, you know, probably more depending on the army. And that's, you know, for, for uh, Warhammer. So, mm-hmm. you know, I, it's, it's, it's one of those things where, you know, and it it just goes hand in hand with the process of if if there's a market for it and and you can present it in a in a in a in an attractive way, mm-hmm. then you know people are gonna line up to hand you their money. It's just it's it's you know is it a bad thing? I I don't know. Maybe in in in, in some ways, you know. I mean, it's just like it definitely does prey upon the hype. You know. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and in a way, it's genius. Think about that way. How many times it's like, oh, you know, it's like the the hype for a game is like, you know, out there, and you're and it's like, oh, I gotta pre-order this, I gotta pre-order this, I gotta pre-order this, and then it's just like, then the hype kind of dies off, and you're just kind of like, oh, you know, it's like you contacting the company and saying, can I cancel that pre-order? You know, <laughs> or just can I get a different game and you can just, you know, sell my copy to somebody else? But whereas in this, you know, it's like. You know, it's like, oh, here's my money. Okay, well now I'm gonna take your money. Now I have it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so if the hype dies down and you decided, wait, I I didn't want to do that. You know, you just too oh, bad. Yeah, too bad. You're 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 getting a game and 
seven to ten months from now. Mm-hmm. Please don't contact us. <laughs> <laughs> but I don't know. I I just um, I mean I'm a, I, it's 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 a it's a good with the bad type thing, and I definitely don't think people should be as hateful towards it as they are in some cases. I mean, like I said, every 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 day it seems like there's a new thread uh, over at Board Game Geek about you know somebody saying they love it and somebody saying they hate it, and everybody else you know chiming in you know mm-hmm. to let the world know what their opinion is, and it's it's probably just one of those things where it isn't it isn't you know black or white, it's just a shade of gray and. Well, now we've chimed in. (laughs) Yeah, and and the bottom line is, and you said this uh, prior to one of your conversation, if if you don't want the game, don't back it. Mm -hmm. You know, and 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 if it gets published anyway, uh, shut your mouth. (laughs) Because seriously, why? You know, it's just like what what good does it do to say, oh, I can't believe how stupid you people are for publishing this game, blah blah blah. You know, it's like whatever, just you know, just chalk it up to people having different likes and dislikes than you and, 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 and get over it. Yeah. You know? And and for God's sakes, no, the P five hundred is not the same thing as Kickstarter. Just that's they're two separate entities. Yeah. I don't want to open up that box of cards, but No, not no, just, no, no, <laughs> that thread was not, that thread was that thread was a good read, I'll say that much. But somebody's gonna come and lock our podcast now. So. No, no, no. It isn't <laughs> locked though. I think I saw somebody still posting on there. But anyway, no, I mean it's they it's kind of the same thing, but it's mm-hmm. not the same thing at all. So let's just put let's let's Right. If that's that's cryptic enough for you. Well, I think the point of that thread was, or the, the original point was that, oh, the P500s are totally playtested and vetted before they go out the door, and Kickstarters are not. But obviously, like you said, it's not black and white. Because like, I know that the guys from Tasty Minstrel and Indie Boards and Cards, just to pick two out of the top of the top of my head, they do actually playtest their stuff. Uh, you know, I don't know how much, but Haggis is awesome, and Eminent Domain is awesome, and Ground Floor looks awesome. So I think they're doing their job. And yes, there are going to be Kickstarter games that are not playtested, but there are going to be games uh, that are not Kickstarted that are not playtested. I mean, and there are some games that are just bad, like from the beginning. The, from the beginning, the game is solid all the way through from beginning to end, but the end product is is as good as that game could get without it being a different game, you know? Mm-hmm. And so some games, just they, they, they begin as a seed, they grow, and they live, and then they end up being junk. <laughs> well, and, and so. wow, that's, actually, that's actually a really, really good topic. We should think about that. How, how on earth do bad games get published? Well, yeah, that's a, that is another topic. <laughs> but yeah, I mean that just gets to you know people have different different opinions like you know we get back to Quarters I think that game is total garbage and um, but like you said they've changed it and so that game actually has probably still grown I mean it probably was published before it was finished in a way you know or it's like you know some people will write a song and publish the song like I always use an example when I talk about this kind of thing is Bob Dylan wrote All Along the Watchtower and published it in like late sixties. And then Jimi Hendrix came along and took it and published it again, so to speak. And that that was that was the end result of the song. Bob Dylan started it, and Jimi Hendrix sort of finished it. And Bob Dylan's even been quoted as saying, 
uh, you know, Jimmy's version is better. <laughs> or, or, or if you wanted to do it, if you wanted to uh, go more more recent, then you can say uh, Trent Reznor, uh, Reznor, Reznor, Reznor. Uh, you know, Nine Inch Nails. Uh, back when they still made music, uh, or he made music. I, I that was one of my favorite bands. He uh, had the song Hurt, mm-hmm. and everybody was like, "Oh, it's a cool song." And then Johnny Cash came along and owned it, mm-hmm. and then. Exactly. Yeah, you know, and 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 made it into what it was supposed to be. So right, I love I love Trent's uh, Trent's Trent's uh, comment about that. He's like Johnny Cash stole my girlfriend because <laughs> I like that was like his favorite song he ever did, and then and then uh, and then Johnny Cash came and just just owned it. Mm-hmm. But there you go. Should we wrap up? Yeah, man. Well, always a pleasure talking to you. Hopefully, uh, Marco can uh, you know deem us worthy uh sometime soon and i i, I miss talking to marco <laughs> no so. you promised oh, i did promise oh well that was that was that was that was a little joke so <laughs> the four words um no i miss talking to Marco. yeah more than four anyway never mind <laughs> but um always a pleasure uh yeah it was a good talk Okay, thanks for joining us on another episode of Wooden Cubes and Iron Soldiers. Hopefully gave you something to think about. And uh, Kickstarter sucks, or does it? <laughs> okay, so uh, t- take care, and we will see you guys next time. <laughs>